everybody. Welcome to episode 192 of SwiftCast. This is Nate. And Ashley. So on this episode of SwiftCast for you guys, it's going to be a little bit different than some of our traditional episodes. So as you know, Taylor is on a bit of a hiatus, a bit of a break right now. And so we thought it would be a great opportunity to do something that we haven't done in a while for this episode, which is to kind of turn the spotlight back onto you guys, the fans of Taylor. Yeah, you know, as people who create Taylor-related content, we're always, at least I personally, am amazed by just how much creativity there is out there in the fan base. There's literally every type of content for Taylor fans that you could want. And we come across some really dedicated people who are doing some really cool things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you look out there at what there is, I mean, you have some really massive Twitter accounts. You have some really small Twitter accounts. Um, You have uh, some fantastic Tumblr posts out there. Of course, Instagram is humongous, just social media in general. There's quite a following on Taylor Connect. There's quite a Reddit following. Um, And each one of these little communities has their own niche qualities that make them amazing fans, really. And it's creative, and it's refreshing to see all of these people and different people, especially from around the world, put together all of these different ways of expressing their love for Taylor. And not only that, but I feel like by being a fan of Taylor, someone who does so much for others, whether it's for her fans or for charity or just anything she does to make the world a better place, I think that it inspires us as her fans to do that as well and to spread her message in any way that we can to really appreciate the effect that she's had on our lives. Oh, 100%. And so for our listeners out there, for this episode, we kind of wanted to highlight some fans out there in the community that have some really unique and interesting things to offer you guys As creators of this podcast, we resonate with people who are creative and who are out there and who are active and who are really trying to, uh, you know, get some attention from some other fans out there. So the first person we wanted to feature on this episode, uh, her name is Samantha. A lot of you probably know her from Twitter, SamanthaPage31. She got quite a following after she gained some attention from Carly Kloss, and she is out there spreading awareness about chronic illness. And so it was really fascinating to talk to her. Our second guest uh, is Augustine of the Swift Agency. He's been putting out a blog for a very long time, all about Taylor and her band and her concerts and everything that she does. And he's been doing it for such a long time. I think he's probably one of the longest running Taylor blogs out there. Yeah, 100%. Augustine has been around forever. And he's been to so many concerts and a lot of people have met him and know him. And it's nice to actually just have him back on the episode so that, you know, we had a chance to catch up with him. And finally, for our last guest, we had a guy named Daniel on who does some really unique covers of Taylor's music uh, by using 8-bit technology to create really just very interesting pieces of music. And we feature some of them on the episode. So, We have a great episode lined up for you guys. We really think you're going to enjoy it. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead to our first interview. The first guest joining us is someone I'm really excited to talk to. You might know her from Twitter. Her username is SamanthaPage31. Her name is Sammy, and she has a really cool project that she's working on that she's going to tell us all about. So welcome, Sammy. Thank you. 
Yeah, welcome to the show, Sammy. Thank you very much. So before we get into anything else, just tell us about when you first became a fan of Taylor. Oh, boy. Um, I think I was five or six years old. This was years ago. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it was when her first album came out. And it was the summertime. And my babysitter at the time, actually, my parents were out to dinner. And she was she was going to take my brother and I to a carnival. And she, I used to, like, play this game with her called American Idol because I thought I was the best singer ever. And I thought I was going to be the next American Idol winner. Um, so she said, hey, before we leave, I have this new album and I think you really like it. Do you want to give it a listen? So I was like, yeah, of course. So she played Taylor's first album and this was 2006. And I fell in love. We actually never made it to the carnival because I wouldn't let her stop playing it on repeat. Oh my, my brother God. was very annoyed. but. <laughs> well, she sounds like the best babysitter ever. Oh, yeah, she's great. I still talk to her. She's so fun. And so did you have a chance to see Taylor in concert after that? Oh, yeah. I've seen her seven or eight times. I think eight. So I've gone a bunch. Every tour. To all the tours? Or, oh, yep, wow. Each one. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm really lucky. It was really... They're all great. And you live in New York, so you probably have some shows near you that are really fun, easy to go to. Totally. Always. She always comes to either New York or New Jersey, so accessible. <laughs> and I know that you're also a big fan of some of Taylor's friends. Yeah, I'm really a huge fan of Carly Kloss, not because she's friends with Taylor, but it is definitely a perk that I got to spend a lot of time with her uh, about a month ago. So that was amazing. Um, and I can definitely see why Taylor and her are best friends. They seem like they have very similar personalities. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter, but I'm sure a lot of people don't know. So do you want to tell us that story? Yeah, I was actually granted a Make-A-Wish about three years ago, and at the time I was just kind of too sick to decide on what I wanted, and about a year ago I decided on Carly because of Invisible, partly, um, but also just because I just, I'm so inspired by how she She's just such a advocate for women's education and just women in general. And she's just a really empowering woman. So I wish to bake with her because she loves baking and I love baking and eating. So we did that and Especially I was expecting, I oh yeah, the eating's the best part. <laughs> she agrees on that. But I thought I was going to get like maximum 30 minutes and she put aside five hours for me, which was crazy. Five hours. Yeah, it was easily the best day of my life. It was so fun. Um, we had the best time. It was just great. And we got to talk about everything I ever wanted to. It wasn't rushed at all, obviously, because it was five hours. Um, and it was it was really, it was amazing. Well, I guess since you mentioned it a minute ago, why don't you dive right in and tell us what Invisible is? Invisible is currently an Instagram, but it is also in the process of being turned into an app. So I'm coding an app to go along with it. But the Instagram right now is a social media platform for chronically ill teens and young adults to be able to show their illness in a positive light and inspire other people with what they've overcome, but also to be able to have a place where they can genuinely feel proud of themselves without any judgment and just put themselves out there, whether they're testing that for the first time or they do this a lot. It's a safe place for the chronically ill community to kind of just be. Um, and then the app is going to be an app to, so it's also going to be a social media platform, but it's all, it's going to be a mix between like a Twitter, Instagram sort of thing, 
but also a match.com where you're matched with someone who has similar interest or similar illness. You can choose what you want to be matched by and you'll have a friend to go through it with you, which is really hard. I think that's the hardest part of being chronically ill is getting people to understand what you're going through. So I want to be able to provide that for people. So kind of like the buddy project. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's for mental health. This is for physical health. And yeah, it'll just allow you to have someone to go through what you're going through and a place to rant freely without healthy people to be able to kind of have a say in what you're saying. And yeah, once again, just a safe spot for chronically the chronically ill community. And how did you first come up with the idea? Well, I've been chronically ill for quite a while. I was diagnosed with my first chronic illness, arthritis, when I was seven. And then since then, I've just gotten diagnosed with more and more things. My main illness is something called neuronal intestinal dysplasia. If any of you guys have seen the movie Miracles from Heaven, I have what that girl has. Uh, Have you guys seen it? I haven't. I have not, unfortunately. Anyways, I have what the girl from Miracles from Heaven has. And it's basically a disease where your brain doesn't send signals to your colon, which is also your large intestine. So it just kind of caused a lot of problems where my colon was too large. Um, It was pushing on other organs. It wasn't functioning the way it should. So that was a huge issue. And I have a very severe case of it. So I ended up having three surgeries for that. And I no longer have a colon at all. And I had a surgery that only 10 people in the world have had. And I was the second person to fail it, which is really annoying because I was hoping I'd be the first. But I wasn't. (laughs) Um, But hey, first is worse. Second is the best. Um, so yeah, since when I was in the hospital all that time, I kind of came to the conclusion that, so I was in a children's hospital in Ohio. I live in New York City. So I was away from home. I was away from my friends, away from my family, away from basically my whole entire life. And I was in the hospital for a month, basically each time straight. And it just became really lonely, really, really quickly. But on top of that, it's a children's hospital. And I noticed that children's hospitals are like extremely catered towards kids and the teens are kind of just left in that kind of forgotten state and I was my first surgery I was 12 I believe and I was in the hospital for basically all of middle school but so while I was sitting there my mom and I were just like we have to do something about this like we have to change this so I originally thought of ideas like starting my own nonprofit to donate like activities for teens to children's hospitals so they'd have something to do but then I, I tried that um and one it was extremely time consuming as is invisible but in a very different way because I had to go out and buy all the stuff and I had to raise the money I had to ship it which cost like 60 dollars to ship one box so that wasn't working out too well for a 12 year old um <laughs> so I went back to like the the thinking board or whatever it's called um Back to the drawing board. Drawing board. There we go. There we go. (laughs) That's what I was. That's what I was looking for. So I went back to the drawing board and I was kind of at a standstill for a while and I really didn't know what to do. And I was a little healthier at the time. So I forgot about it for a little while. And then I ended up needing the next surgery. And I was like, oh, I really got to get on this. So that's, yeah, that's when I started thinking about really wanting to connect sick teens. And I didn't know how I was going to do that yet because I hadn't started coding yet. But then, not this past summer, but two summers ago, so I guess summer of 2015, Carly Kloss gave me 
a partial scholarship. So she paid for like half my tuition to one of the best coding schools in Manhattan. And I decided to take a summer course there. And within a second, I was like, I know what I'm doing. Like, I love this. This is so cool. This can, you can do so much with coding. And that's basically when I thought of the idea. I was like, mom, I have it. We're, we're going to do this. Um, and I say we because she's like my biggest supporter. So she's helped me think of like all the little details and stuff. So yeah, that's, I thought of it then. And then last year, I was a freshman in high school. So I just didn't have tons of time to like work on it. So I made the goal for myself that this summer I'd plan out everything. So this summer, I kind of spent my whole entire summer planning and researching and working with other chronically ill communities. Like, I don't know if you guys know what The Mighty is, but I spent a lot of time talking to them, which is, it's a publishing company, but online for chronically ill people, people with rare diseases and people with mental illnesses. And you can like submit your stories to the world. So it's a really, really cool thing. And they get so many views a month. They get like 2 million clicks a month, I think, or something like that. And they're a startup. So I worked with them a lot this summer. And we kind of just worked hand in hand on, you know, I learned from them, they learned from me. And so I sat down and I made the whole plan. And then I decided originally the the Instagram wasn't part of it. But then I realized how long the app is going to take to build because I'm doing it by myself. So I'm not hiring a developer. I'm coding the whole thing by myself, which is a very long process. That's pretty amazing. Thank I you. It's a lot. Of, it's so fun. I took another course this summer in app design. So I, th- my whole entire summer was just getting all the knowledge I needed to make Invisible. Um, and I, I love it. It's so fun. Um, and it's also just, it's cool because you can see the progress you're making as you go. Like each time you add something, you can see right in front of you what that one line of code did. So it's rewarding in the fact where you don't feel like you're wasting your time doing nothing. So yeah, the Instagram ended up kind of just being, I was like, I need to start this now. Like I'm too ambitious. I need to start this right now. So I thought of the Instagram as sort of filler so I can build a following before the app is launched. So then I, you know, I made all the plans for the Instagram and then I was like well how am I going to promote the Instagram so then I made the YouTube video which is basically explaining all of this and explaining my illnesses and that was by far the scariest thing I've ever done because I just completely put myself out there to all my friends in the city all the people online I mean the whole world practically and it was terrifying but best decision I ever made Um, and then that's that's where I've gone from here it's just kind of skyrocketed since there and it's been great it's been super successful it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten to know a lot of really cool people. Um, I've had amazing people on the Instagram being featured. And it's just a really, it's a fun time. It's it's fun. And I started coding the app last month, which is also really exciting because it's coming along. So I'm hoping to get that out. Hopefully get like the, the bare minimum of it out by the end of 2017. And then I'll obviously add in more and more like intense features and styles and make it look prettier but I'm hoping to get something out on the app store by the end of the year is there any advice you would give to other fans who might want to start a creative project whether it's coding or something else totally I think you honestly just have to believe in yourself and go for it so think of an idea and just go for it no matter how scary or hard or complicated you might think it is 
I think it's really important to just trust yourself and trust your initial idea and just like run with it because this, as I said, easily one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life, but 100% the best decision I've ever made in my life. So I, I think you're capable of anything you want to do if you allow yourself to be able to proceed with your dreams, if that makes any sense. That makes total sense. You know, I have to say, Sammy, like through all of this, it is amazing. I mean, I don't even know the first thing about having a chronic illness, but I just love how positive you are about Thank you. everything. It's amazing. I mean, it's admirable to me. It's inspiring that just at such a young age, you're so active and outspoken about everything with chronic illness. It's amazing. Thank you so much. I figured there's so many things in my life where I've just kind of been waiting for other people to do something. And I'm like, oh, this needs to change. This needs to change. And I kind of realized that I'm at the age now where I can I can make that change. So I figured, you know what? Just try it. Why not? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And if it does, then amazing. So I kind of just, I went for it and it's going really well. Well, I think I can definitely say that Taylor would be really proud of what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. That's the best compliment. <laughs> That's what she tries to have everyone do is stand up for what they believe in and not be afraid to chase big dreams and go after your passions. I think those are all the things that she tries to inspire in everyone. Totally. That's what I admire her the most for, the way she just follows her dreams 100%. And she's so passionate about what she does. And I've definitely taken that into what I do. I'm like, okay. She was a young girl too. She was my age, basically, when she started following her dreams fully. So I'm just like, you know what? Just love what you do and do it because that's what Taylor does. She 100% loves what she does and she puts herself out there. So I was like, okay, this is a very different way, but it's pretty similar. Well, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you and Invisible and everything like that on social media? Yeah, of course. So the Instagram name is in.visible, but instead of the I and Ible, it's Able. <laughs> um, I don't know how to say that in a better way. And then my Twitter is Samantha Page 31 and those are the two places you can contact me for anything, but also feel free to email me at s-k-o-n-i-g-s at me.com if you have any questions about this or if you want to submit something. Um, yeah, totally. And spread the word. If you know someone who's chronically ill who might want to be featured, please spread the word because the more the merrier. And it's all about just spreading positivity and inspiration and making people feel proud of themselves. So Thank you so much, Sammy, for taking the time to talk with us. It's been great. No problem. Thank you. So now we have joining us Augustine of the Swift Agency. Uh, now, Augustine, for you and I, it's been quite a few years. I think the last time I actually saw you in person was Nashville Red Tour, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think I would agree. Hello, guys. It has been a very long time. I know I didn't make it to Canada for any of the 1989 shows, so. Uh, no, I didn't actually make it to the States for any of the 1989 shows. I could only <laughs> expense the <laughs> local one. Yeah, which is a bummer because, uh, I mean, you know, of course, I mean, I would have loved to go to Canada and I'm sure, you know, you have fun coming down to the States here. Just any time to see Taylor is a great day, of course. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I just uh, at that point I was <laughs> right in the middle of a of a few, you know, uh, financial feeling things. So, oh yeah, I mean Taylor gets expensive, that's for sure. <laughs> 
No, it's true. Uh, like everyone is happy when they hear uh, Taylor's coming in. At the same time, it's like, where am I going to get the money this Gotta time? Gotta look at the bank account. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for calling into our podcast. We love your blog, and you've been doing it for such a long time. Thank you very much, guys. I've 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 enjoyed meeting you when when I've had the chance. So I'm I'm glad I I get it to actually participate. So I guess um, we'll just kind of dive in and start talking about the blog because, like Ashley said, I mean you've been doing it forever. I mean since since before I really became a, a big Taylor fan. I know you've been doing it since what even before Fearless, maybe. I mean, just tell us about it. No, uh, I was back in the day. <laughs> That's Oldman Swift, like I like I like to say. Uh, it I actually joined for Fearless when Fearless went platinum. So we're talking November two thousand nine, around that time. Yikes! Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I and I had been a fan on two thousand nine, but it took me until November to make the jump. To say, okay, I'm gonna start writing about this for some reason. <laughs> I just didn't think I was gonna get an audience. I was like, I I started basically like dreaming up uh, names and thinking, okay, what can I call myself that is not taken? And I basically like I did that that whole exercise that you do about going through each website and seeing, okay. Which one is not taken? Not taken. Taken. Not taken. Not yeah. taken, taken. No. And this one is on Facebook. This one's on Twitter. So that's that. Now is an even more impossible exercise. Process of elimination. <laughs> yeah. Well, the name of the Swift Agency. I mean, I think it suits you well because uh, every time that I've seen you, you've been rocking uh, some type of business suit, uh, and so I don't know. It just kind of goes with your whole image. Yeah, I kind of like uh, it was a homage to the. Old days in the fearless era, I call them eras for some reason. That <laughs> uh, that they did that video for uh, for uh, in which they're all rocking rocking suits, you know. And oh my god, I can't even think of it. It's in the tip of my tongue. <laughs> I can't even think of the video. But after that, they basically showed up to every performance with suits and uh, and they had the uh, they had the glasses and stuff. So, and of course, nowadays somebody somebody says the Swift Agency, and I have to clarify: Do you mean the the group, or do you mean the <laughs> blog? Because sometimes a couple there's a couple of uh, confusion, right? So I've I've been kind of benefit benefit sometimes on that because people think, "Hey, I love the band," and in the old days I used to correct them and and mm-hmm. stuff. But sometimes I'm kind of sad in that somebody gets, "I'm so happy that you replied to me." Yeah, and I'm like, I don't want to break your heart. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you're no, you're a Taylor celebrity. It's fine, you know. <laughs> No, no, not even close. No, but I've always been thankful for for Taylor and her and her management because they've uh, they've kind of like put up with what is this guy think, <laughs> showing <laughs> well, up no. to a concert. What are you talking about? With a suit oh, and glasses. Uh, You're too modest. I think they appreciate creativity and originality. Well, also, it was kind of like the, uh, it's, I always used to be confused in those uh, first uh, encounters with a security guard, and people would always tell me, okay, then use that and try to get in. 
<laughs> hey, have you ever tried it? Has it worked? Uh, not really. I, 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 I couldn't. I couldn't. Uh... Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Yeah, to our listeners, don't ever try that, please. <laughs> no, 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 really. Because number one, they're usually not dressed in suits. And number two, they're usually bigger than me. And you're like, <laughs> okay, I, I really don't want to make you mad. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so speaking to you as just a, a Taylor fan, I mean, how long have you been a fan of Taylor? Like, uh, what, what made you first kind of decide to start getting into some of Taylor's music? So it was a, a strange uh, connection. I actually was doing this as an exercise because I wanted to write. I've always I'm kind of a writer wannabe. So when I uh, I was looking for things to write, and at the same time I in even in those days of YouTube I could I could see the the the, the video blobs that Taylor was putting out, and it was a Basically, uh, it was just fun watching her interactions with with, with the band, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed that. I like her music, and meanwhile, I was like, "That's fun, yeah." But I gotta concentrate. What am I gonna make this blog about? Right, so at yeah. some point, I kind of like joined one thing and the other, and said, "No, they, nobody's gonna read about me." Um, no, <laughs> and I kept putting off for putting it off for the longest time, thinking. Also, uh, it's kind of like I my background is I'm an IT guy already in middle age, and, and turns out that I'm going to start writing about a country artist, a, a country girl and her band. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I my, myself I come originally from Ecuador. In case you didn't know, I moved to Canada back in. 2006 but uh so i thought this i'm i'm not the audience for this i don't know but at the same time like it so so i so my 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 idea with that was basically okay i'll hang with the band because (laughs) that was kind of like the my thought process that's the reason why the name of the swift agency it was like Okay, I don't know if really if uh, if uh, if this is for me. I'm not the intended audience, but I'll hang with the band meanwhile. So that's kind of like the Swift Agency persona came in, and then I can I, I started inventing ninjas. If you guys can believe that, for some reason, from times recent in the blog I put out, there's ninjas around, and that's kind of oh, yeah. like my usual excuse of why can't I have cake. In, in the kitchen because it disappears. Therefore, there's ninjas. <laughs> <laughs> well, so which uh, when you say hang with the band, I mean you've been very successful at that. I mean there are pictures everywhere of. I think you've met just about everyone in the band, haven't you? Uh yeah, but uh, I couldn't say I know anybody. Uh, <laughs> I've been uh, lucky enough to meet some people several times. In the most recent incarnation, perhaps, I'm not even sure I've met uh, Matt, uh, the current drummer. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I think it's gotten harder to meet them. I think it used to be, Definitely. you know, as Taylor's popularity has grown, theirs has too. And it used to be just a lot more casual of them hanging outside. And I think security has gotten stricter. Yeah, uh, plus uh, at the moment that uh, the more mainstream she got, uh, the more the band had to be careful what they say until uh, at some point there came a point that even them showing up, uh, like people will try to get them to 
get things to Taylor or say things to mm-hmm. Taylor. And there's a point in which, I don't know, uh, it's uh, from time to time, somebody runs into them and asks them for a picture. Typical uh, when Amos goes out running, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, for a run and then, or, uh, well, now we've uh, we've gotten to the point that the band actually for a long time was one th- one uh, unit, and then slowly, of course, things change, and some mm-hmm. people will actually divert to to other careers, or mm-hmm. they look for other opportunities, or simply wasn't. Life had one of those moments. At some point, I'm gonna start quoting "Long Live" here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Well, so speaking to like uh, the actual types of content that you put out on your blog, of course, I mean, um, for, well, first of all, for our listeners, if you somehow are not familiar with the Swift Agency, a fantastic blog that uh, Augustine puts out. We're talking articles about just about everything Taylor. We're talking tours. We're talking news pieces. We're talking. Uh, I mean, one of the really great parts of it that I like that I like to reference is a comprehensive list of the band members and their current whereabouts and things like that. So um, could you like tell us a little bit more about um, just kind of like the types of stuff that we would see um, through the Swift Agency? Well, I've uh, I've diversified a bit. I have kind of like the standard information that I wanted to just to have it in one place. First was the uh, the list of the band, obviously, who is who and uh, who plays what and what. And I even kind of keep a historical of who used to be in the band, right? See, that's what always impressed me. I love that. Yeah, well, it was kind of automatic, but I also, but people would ask, right? And so what what's going on with this that person? And I would usually put the contact information. I used to have the birth dates, but at some point I realized that information is a bit too personal. And then after that, um, I used to have the dancers, but then she grew up in this <laughs> list of dancers that I wasn't <laughs> sure, and it would switch from one to another, and I realized, okay, here's a picture of all of them. <laughs> that will do. I think 1989 tour. I mean, don't quote me, but I mean, probably like 20 dancers, if I'm not mistaken, something crazy like that. Yeah, correct. And after that, I started. The articles have gotten to the point in which whatever Taylor inspires to write, because that's the idea she inspired me to write, I would write about. So I would take one of her lyrics, and sometimes I would write an editorial that might not have something to do with Taylor, but I just think it's kind of like an everyday uh, occurrence. Or sometimes it's just a rant of me going off in a tangent and saying, <laughs> hey, you know, about clean... It's not that I will start talking about cleaning products, although I haven't turned it down yet. <laughs> but I will basically go on a tangent and talk about that. But on the other hand, I've also become a little bit of a curator because there are news that I basically decide to ignore. Uh, when everyone tries to imply Taylor in a scandal. Oh, tremendous Taylor scandal about man listens to part of a Taylor song and then does something crazy. And I'm like, has nothing to do with anything. Why? <laughs> oh, yeah, all that tabloid stuff. Oh, it's craziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like the whole trend of clickbait. It's not even just about Taylor. Any news outlet will take anything that makes no sense and just concoct these headlines because they think people will fall for it. Yeah, and it's uh, it's strange because a lot of times it's like, a source close to Taylor, who? Give me a name or this is so... <laughs> right, a source. So right. I, I guess in that part, I become kind of like Taylor's personal gossip cop. Well, not even that because I there are simply things that I, I don't publish at all. Simply like 
and especially when it's those pieces of uh, of simply Taylor goes out in the street and you basically can tell it's just paparazzi, paparazzi, paparazzi. So it's and I'm, I did I didn't like to don't like to feed into paparazzi culture that much. It's very strange coming from a celebrity site, but I'd rather like write oh she visited a hospital. Yes, that's Taylor. That's about her. Uh, she went out into the street. Uh, no, I don't want to stalk, right? I don't want to uh, incentivize that. You know, it's funny you say that because, like, this year, 2017, that's almost like big news if somebody sees Taylor out in the streets. So <laughs> it's just kind of funny to me. I know, which which kind of makes me sad sometimes because it's mm-hmm. like, I could say something, but it's like, no, I'm sticking to my guns. I know what you mean. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think with just how she's been pretty absent this whole year, you know, we've pretty much not seen her other than her performance in Houston. So sites like yours and podcasts like us have to figure out ways to be creative and find other topics to talk about if we want to stay active during that time. Yeah, that's that's the hard part, right? Yeah, you kind of like have to diversify and kind of like remember the good old days. We become nostalgic, <laughs> I know, but I, like I said, I don't want to start suddenly. Oh my god, and 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 of course, basing myself of lyrics. But I I still try to to say. I think one of my last editorials started with, "Hey guys, how you been?" <laughs> it was a little bit uh, on, on a, of course on a play in a song, but as they as it usually is. But uh, the idea was also make sure that is everyone okay? Nobody has jumped the boat because everyone's like, eh. All right, right. So I, it's it's funny because for for most stars, uh, uh, they say fame is fickle, right? Uh, and they usually say, well, the young market is is famous for simply jumping ship and going with a different artist if they forget about him. And Taylor has to stay relevant somehow. But once in a while, it's like she visited her oldest fan who used to be a World War II rep veteran that happened, I remember, during the during Christmas uh a few months ago in December, and you were like, "Yes, that's Taylor right. for me." And so, so immediately you pull that up, and then there's the parting, which uh, turns out, oh, she's making an exclusive concert thing, which nobody can get in, and you're like, "I have a problem with the word exclusive every time I hear it, because for a lot of people it's a feature, and for me it means that if I try to publish just a picture of it, it's gonna get turned down." I oh, always absolutely. try to. Straight on the on the you know anything informative and you know uh, rights and all that, but there's a copyright for fair use when we talk about pictures. So if you're talking about informative and news, you're allowed to use a picture up to certain sizes and stuff. So I try to put a picture that is not too big and things like that. But at the same time, uh, I, other people go out of the way to oh I found a clip of her when she was singing this. They put it on YouTube and then it gets put down. <laughs> that seems to happen more often than not nowadays. And I know that's just a, how it works, but at the same time, it's like a little too exclusive. Come on. I just wanted sometimes to just go, I'm going to do a surprise open concert. I know that would be a crazy thing to do at this <laughs> stage because someone on Taylor's level cannot do that anymore, right? But she still tries to do, I think, as much as she can for us at the level that she's at. I mean, for example, with Houston, she could have easily sold those tickets for hundreds of dollars each like Bruno Mars did. But, you know, she chose to make it a free concert. So I appreciate how even 
as she has to be more careful as she gets bigger, she still is always finding those creative ways to give back to us. Yeah, and besides the news sometimes of, uh, you know, crazy person and all that, from time to time you hear someone that surprisingly likes Taylor Swift or makes a Taylor Swift comment, and they're like either an athlete or someone that is in a particular office, or, or and you're like, really? And for some reason it's relevant. I, I just like the idea that Taylor is kind of like the surprise a lot more people that you think <laughs> like her. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Especially I feel like since 1989, it's become more and more mainstream. Yes, it was actually, I would say not her coming of age, but perhaps her most uh, professional, I would say, album. I would agree with that. Mm -hmm. I think so. I mean, it's the most mature, the most yes. tailored to top 40 radio, which obviously reaches a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it was done in a way that was so musically uh, innovative in the sense of basically it's kind of like it's music that sounds like it has an 80s twist. I know that a lot of it, of course, has to do with her collaborators, but you know she's looked for her collaborators for a reason, right? So there's a, there's a lot of that. And I, of course, I love from 1989 most of the Jack Antonoff song, I think. And I would just like to know, what advice would you give to any other fans who might want to start up a project, whether it be a blog or a social media account or any sort of project for an artist? Well, um, actually, I'm going to use this. Uh, what a friend once told me, because I, was, I have... A, uh, more than one blog, actually, that I try to kind of like, some of them are, the Taylor Swift one is still the most popular one. Um, you have to find what makes you different. You can't do, I'm going to try to do exactly what this other person is doing. No, find something that you like, find something that you think that makes you different. And instead of running away from it, I'm going to take, I'm going to ignore this part of it because I don't think that everybody wants to listen to it. No, that part that actually you think uh, it's too much close to you and use that as part of your theme. Use that. Uh, in other words, what? Well, kind of like embrace what makes you unique but yes i know it, i know how it sounds but at the same time i realize for instance when i started a blog i don't think anybody's gonna read about this but yeah if you have to even if you have to throw ninjas into the text from time to time <laughs> it will be something here's the thing i'd rather I'm not, I'm not gonna get this phrase right and i'm paraphrasing and i don't remember the source which is very strange for me, but uh, it's kind of like you would rather try and fail, but what makes you unique, that what makes you the same that everybody else. i not make making this phrase justice, but the idea is if you're going to risk it, make sure that it's yours. If it's just you copying something that you saw somebody else do, it's not worth it. It has to be yours. It has to be unique. I think that's great advice, and I think that's honestly the philosophy that Taylor tries to use in her career. Yeah, and in to the point that you can tell it's not only... Well, we know this because we follow Taylor for a long time, but we know even 
from her family, from her brother, from her videos of when she's playing with her cats. It's her. That's how she got started. It's not like, first of all, this group of corporations got together and decided to, to create this image of, no, 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 she first came she to the stage and then everyone else is like uh okay we want we actually want to work with her exactly she's the epitome in that in that case and 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 i like the fact that she did it without being loud she did it by being nice she didn't do it by being rude by being scandalous she did it by being nice and once that she was nice then she started getting good and then she grew up and made herself better that's a fantastic way to put Taylor's career. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely. Taylor in a nutshell, right there. And do you want to remind everyone all the different places they can find you online? Uh, sure. Uh, you can find me at the Swift Agency on Twitter, on Facebook, on uh, theswiftagency.com. Um, there's, uh, you also have a Tumblr that it updates automatically. But uh, I, I haven't done anything new with it yet. And I even have a Swift agency on YouTube that I basically collect videos. And I have still a few videos left behind from the Fearless era when I used to mo- mostly try to capture the band playing in different poses. Oh, cool. Uh, mm-hmm. So you can still look for that. Well, thank you so much. It's been so great talking to you. Yeah, Augustine, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much, Ashley, Nate. I enjoy it. Well, hey, hopefully we'll see you soon. Ed. Hopefully, you know, Taylor in 2017 has at least one more concert. I mean, I know she has not said that, but uh, I would love to see you there. Yeah, it's likewise. Start saving. All right, thanks. Thank you. So here we have Daniel. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Yes, welcome. So Daniel is probably the most unique of our features for this episode. Um, I was really excited. He reached out to us uh, a couple weeks ago to highlight uh, his website where he does these amazing covers of, well, a whole bunch of stuff, but especially of Taylor Swift. So first of all, I mean, just to kick it off, Daniel, when did you kind of become a fan of Taylor? What kind of like inspired you to do these types of things? Um, so yeah, I guess I guess it's two stories. It's how I got into Taylor Swift and how I got into the type of music that I make, which is I make music using a Nintendo Game Boy. I got into Taylor Swift 2008, I think. Okay, so it's been a long time, yeah. Yeah, and it was, uh, I vaguely sort of knew who she was, but didn't listen to her. And I was helping a friend make a slideshow presentation for her mom for Mother's Day, and was using that song, The Best Day, to like, play over it there it is somehow i knew you were gonna say that (laughs) through helping her like edit that and put that together and hearing that song a hundred times i was like oh this actually isn't so bad maybe i should look into this and uh then i've sort of been a taylor swift fan ever since well that's pretty awesome so have you seen uh like have you been to any taylor shows or um have you ever seen her live or anything like that i did i went to the rid tour and the 1989 tour I live in New York City, so both of those were at uh, MetLife Stadium, just across the river in Jersey. All right, there we go. Yeah. MetLife is always some of the best shows on the tour you can go to. I had never been to a concert in a stadium, like somewhere that big. Um, maybe like a, a basketball arena is probably the, the closest thing. But like MetLife Stadium is a football stadium. There were like 60,000 people there. Like it was 
just the scale of it is insane. Yeah, I was at both 1989 shows at MetLife, and it was just one of the most incredible experiences I've ever had. I went, uh, I have a, a sort of interesting story about that show. So I went, the Red Tour, I went with some coworkers, and we had a great time. And the 1989 tour, I couldn't find anyone that wanted to go with me. No one was a big enough of a fan to pay the sort of money that it costs to go <laughs> to that concert. Oh, it gets expensive, definitely. So I ended up sort of like last minute, just like searching on Twitter and StubHub for like someone who was selling a ticket and found these. I'm 30 years old, so, you know, 28, 29 at the time. Um, found this girl on Twitter who was said she had an extra ticket for sale. And so I'm like messenger and DMing her. And I'm like, okay, I'll meet you there. Cool, great. Thank you. And it turns out that this girl is like with her crew and they're all like 13 and like her parents were dropping her off. So like her parents had to come make sure I wasn't some creep so I could buy this ticket from them. Oh my gosh. (laughs) And and so like obviously the seats are together and these girls are like not excited at all that I'm there. (laughs) I guess they had a friend bail or something. So I was trying to be as less creepy as, as possible. And I was like, oh, like, are you guys excited? Have you seen Taylor Swift before? And like, they just wanted nothing to do with me. So I was like, all right. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you can't win them all, right? You got a ticket out of it, so it was a success. Well, so speaking more to just the types of music that you put out, uh, what inspired you, uh, of course, to put out these cover songs using a Game Boy? One, just like sort of being a fan of her music. I sort of taught myself to play piano growing up, and that's most of when I'm writing original stuff, I'll sort of write it on a piano first and then translate that to Game Boy. But playing cover songs is a great way, I think, to learn. It's just about chord progression and song structure and things like that. So I'm sort of always doing if there's a song that I like or some earworm or something, I'll look up how to play it and learn how to play it. So it started that way, and this is not a, a knock on uh, any Taylor Swift music, but it's all pretty simple pop music. Sure, just pop music in general, right? Yeah, exactly. Like It's really easy to cover, <laughs> uh, at least for me. And it's, you know, it's it's upbeat and it's catchy. So yeah, I just think it lends itself pretty well to, to the, that sound. So yeah, I think the best way for our listeners to actually like understand like the type of media you produce is to play a clip from your cover. Uh, first of all, one that everybody is going to recognize, uh, Shake It Off. <laughs> was amazing by the way that clip uh i still can't believe that you can do that in 8-bit version i mean it's, it's still just mind-blowing to me and so aside from that i mean just the taylor chip project that you've been working on in general i mean you've had several of taylor songs dating back to i think through fearless am i right yeah i've done uh so there have been four i guess cover albums or releases that i've done under the the moniker taylor chipped and yeah, there are songs from Fearless, from Speak Now, from Red, and from 89. Um, it's pretty much turned out that for each album, I'll do four songs. And the, a couple original stuff I'll, I'll throw on there with it. But uh, that's been the trend so far. And so what kind of um, like response has uh, your music gotten? Like for us, anyway, it's always really inspiring to hear a story from somebody like 
I don't know, around the world that uh, you never thought would have discovered your content, but has stumbled across it and, and loved it. Do you have any experiences like that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it, I mean, I'm just excited that anyone has sort of heard it at all. But it, I've been able to play shows. There's a, a fairly big scene uh, here in New York of this genre of music. Oh, is that right? I didn't know that. That's awesome. Wow, that's so cool. But yeah, I have a, a friend in Chicago who I met through online who messaged me who was like, hey, I love your music. Can I use it in the background of this YouTube thing I'm doing? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. And we're like Twitter friends now. Um, there was a, a guy on YouTube, or I guess a kid on YouTube, Kid President. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So my music has been in a lot of early Kid President videos. Oh, no kidding. Get out of here. That's awesome. Yeah. I was just like, I was like a fan of his on YouTube. And then had the, the guy, Brad, that helps him run it followed me on twitter and was like oh my god you do this music like can we use it and i was like yeah absolutely so yeah a lot of the early kid kid president videos there's a there's a lot of my music in it so circling back to um what you were talking about with there's a whole scene of like 8-bit things in new york i mean uh tell me about that yeah so it's called um chiptune music i guess is what you would call the genre okay that's pretty broad it, it the way i define it i think a lot of people would it's basically using old video game hardware to make original music. Um, so people can use Game Boys. Uh, people have used Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, old Ataris, Atari computers. In uh, New York, we have a show. There's a show that runs once a month called Pulse Wave. And there used to be a big festival once a year, which is like a, a three-day thing. People from all over the world called Blip Festival. There's a really good documentary on YouTube called Reformat the Planet. Uh, that sort of looks at the the New York scene and the people involved and and what it is, but yeah, like like I said, in short, it's just using old video game tech as an instrument as a way to make music. So, do you have to physically like reprogram uh, each of uh, you know piece of hardware that you're using to be able to create the type of noise, or is it kind of like um, you're using existing game files to already create um, the music? Um, so it's it's a little bit of both. There are people that do things that will, they'll do hardware modifications on a Game Boy or on a Nintendo. The way I do it is my, the Game Boy hardware isn't modded at all. The program that I use is on a Game Boy cartridge, but I can take that out and put in an old regular Game Boy game and it'll still play that game normal. But the, the cartridge I use, it's a software that a guy made called Little Sound DJ or LSDJ. And basically what that program does is it's a tracker, which means you just sort of tell it what notes to play in what order, like sort of set what the tempo is, what that note should sound like, all in advance. So you're not sort of doing that in real time. That's something I do at home when I'm writing is I'm like, okay, play these notes in this order and loop it or whatever. Uh, and then there's an option when playing it live to sort of, I have all that information saved, like this like sort of block or chain of notes that I can trigger when they turn on, where in the song they turn on, how loud they are, things like that. Um, so basically that software just gives you access to the Game Boy sound chip. And from there you can sort of write and do and edit however you want. <laughs> That's really interesting. That's fascinating. I had no idea there was any type of software out there to actually do this. I think I need to look into this now. Yeah, that's probably the most popular one. Um, there's also another one called Nano Loop, which, um, I mean, both look visually when you look at the screen, it, it doesn't look like a lot's happening. Nano Loop just looks like a lot of symbols and patterns uh lsdj is just a lot of numbers uh and the letters of whatever note um but it's just like a grid of numbers that you're assigning 
in what order to play these things. Um, yeah, it's kind of hard to explain. <laughs> no, no, you're explaining it perfectly, yeah. So, I mean, I still personally still have my old Game Boy, which I love and I'm never going to get rid of in my entire life. Uh, anyway, so basically what you're telling me is I could go out there, I can buy a cartridge of this software and be able to run it. Uh, yeah, I think they have the ROM or like a demo ROM if you mess around with emulators or Game Boy emulators or anything like that. Um, you know, you can like test it out or whatever. Um, the cartridges get a little expensive. If you have a flash cart, things like that will usually work. But uh, yeah, so I have a, a couple of cartridges that do that and uh, a few Game Boys. I said they, they didn't have hardware mods as far as what they're capable of, but I have put like a backlight into it and like stereo sound out so it looks and sounds a little better than like a normal Game Boy, which helps for things with when you're doing music, with recording or playing live, uh, a backlit screen so you can see it and stereo out sounds a lot better. So, And so I would love to know just what your hopes are for what Taylor's next album will sound like, since obviously that has to do with what you'll create too. Yeah, it's a good question. I haven't thought about it. I, I guess in terms of, of what sort of I play and what I make and what makes sense for me, is the more dancey stuff, more pop stuff. Obviously, Game Boy has a pretty electronic sound, so that makes it easier to to get across, I think. Which totally works for her. I mean, some of the stuff that we've seen recently, just very, apart from 1989, this is what you came for, I don't want to live forever, both very poppy. Of course, one is dancey, one's a little bit more kind of like R&B almost. Anyway, so it totally works for her if she was to put out that type of music again. Yeah, and I was I was thinking at the, at the same time. On the other hand, I've covered "Speak Now," I've covered "Teardrops on My Guitar," neither of which are like dancey electronic, <laughs> uh, you know. Oh, for sure, right? You can make it work. Yeah, totally. Now, as far as some of the other covers and things that you've done, uh, like what other kind of music do you focus on? Um, so. It, a lot of, of what else I've done is uh, original music. Um, so most most of the project is original music. There are some other covers I've done, and it sort of ranges all over. Taylor Swift's the only thing I've put out, a whole album of like, this is exclusively Taylor Swift cover songs. Mm-hmm. But I have other songs on other releases that I've done. Um, I've covered Billy Idol songs. I just covered a Get Up Kid song on my last album. Some 80s pop, Belinda Carlisle, OMD. <laughs> this might be all over your head. Oh my god, no, this is crazy. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, all all sorts of stuff. Like I said, and it's usually stuff that I'm sort of listening to in my personal life anyways that I enjoy that I figure, oh, I should learn how to play that. Well, that's amazing. I mean, to me, it is always refreshing to see such creative fan content out there. I mean, you know, you kind of see the same things over and over again. You know, everyone has a Twitter, everyone has a Tumblr. To actually see somebody take something that they love, Taylor Swift, and making it and channeling it through a creative medium like you've done is just really impressive to me. Yeah, thanks. That's that's glad to hear. And it's definitely pretty niche if you're into Taylor Swift and into chiptune music. I guess all roads sort of lead to me <laughs> as far as like the crossover of that is like pretty small. And we've sort of been asking everybody... What advice would you give to any fan who wanted to start up a new creative project of any type? Just do it. It's like as simple as that sounds, just do it. Um, I actually had a friend the other day where we were talking about this. He's like, oh, like I, you know, I want to do X, Y, Z. I want to have a blog like this, but someone else is already doing that. 
And his answer is always like, yeah, but you haven't done that. It's like, even if you're doing the same thing that's already out there, like it doesn't have your spin on it, like your point of view is going to be unique. So yeah, just do it. Don't worry about things being perfect. A lot of the older music that I've done, like I'm not super proud of, but now looking back at it, but at the time, like that's, you know, that's what I was doing. That's what I put out. So yeah, I think just the more you do something, the more comfortable you'll get and sort of find your voice in it, but you have to, you have to do it. So before we go, uh, I just want to play one final clip. Uh, My favorite cover of yours from 1989 anyway was Blank Space. I thought it was awesome. So we're just going to play a small clip of that here just for our listeners. Thanks for coming on the show, Daniel. Uh, we really appreciate it. And do you want to remind everyone where they can find all of your stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the the name that I make music under is Beta Club Field Trip. It's all on Bandcamp. It's uh, streaming and downloadable for free at betaclubfieldtrip.bandcamp.com. Or you can also ask any questions or get more information. Um, probably the best way to find me online is uh, Twitter, which is Lloyd Sold Out. Great. Thanks, Daniel. We appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So I don't know about you, Ashley, but uh, I had a lot of fun doing those interviews today. That was so cool. It makes me wish we could talk to fans every single week. And you know, I know there are so many more creative fan projects out there that we don't even know about. If you as a listener have something that you want featured or you want us to talk about or anything like that, of course, reach out to us. You can find us on just about any type of social media there is out there. We're on Twitter at SwiftCast13, Facebook, facebook.com slash SwiftCast13. Our Instagram is instagram.com slash SwiftCast13. Tumblr is swiftcast13.tumblr.com. You can email us at swiftcast13show at gmail.com, or you can find all of those things on our website, swiftcast13.com. And even if you just know of someone else who has a cool project that you want us to talk about, let us know because we really love doing this kind of stuff. So as always, just one final reminder for you guys, please press the subscribe button on iTunes and it will download our latest episode for you automatically every week. If you love the show, just, Hey, go on iTunes, hit the subscribe button. That would be great. And of course, leave us, if you would, a five-star rating and review to just let us know how much you like the show. So for episode 192 of SwiftCast, this has been Nate and Ashley. And we'll see you next week, guys. Bye, guys. Later. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management.